You are listening to a new season of Sweat and Tears, where we tell you the incredible story of the boxer, promoter, and showman, Rezgi Gizeni. This is episode 4, Coach Gizeni. Gizeni's first year in Singapore was a busy one, between finding professional fighters to bring, organizing boxing events, and making moves to have a bigger role in the boxing scene in general. And even if his enterprises weren't yet a financial success, it couldn't discourage brave Gizeni, determined to keep his dream alive. Settled down with wife and kids in Singapore, living in Lucky Heights, an area, as the name suggests, where the lucky few live, Gizeni got back to business in early 1972 by organizing two more fight nights, one of them sponsored by Wido, the famous food supplement brand. It seemed that after a rocky start, things were getting better, but the restless Gizeni was aiming for more and the year 72 will offer him an opportunity to take upon a role he wished and lobbied for, a boxing coach. 1972 was an Olympics year and Singapore was hoping to grab some medals in Munich. Rizgi Gizeni was now an established name in the boxing scene as a promoter and despite offering via interviews in the press to coach local athletes, no one took him up on his offer until this year. The opportunity would arise three little months before the Munich Olympics. Singapore boxing officials were hoping to have a good participation, so they asked Rizgi Gizeni to take their young champ and only hope for a medal under his wing, Saeed Abdul Qadir. Immediately after coming back from a regional tournament in Malaysia, Saeed Qadir joined the Gizeni camp and started training with the pros. We were lucky to chat with Mr. Qadir on his 73rd birthday, so once more, happy birthday, Pak Qadir. Mr. Qadir told us how he started in boxing and how he met Gizeni more than 50 years ago. Uh, I started boxing when I was at the age of nine. Nine years old, I started boxing. Already I know what boxing is all about. Unfortunately, I cannot go further because of school. There's no other place, you know. So when I went to study, finish my studies, and I continued to do uh, night classes. You know, night classes, and I was passing around. I saw a boxing club. It really... It really feels my, you know, my longing to be trained, to train, continue training in a club. So I managed, immediately I signed up for boxing. That was in 1966. How Zani came to the picture, he was there helping us. And I, and I knew he was from, from uh, Tunisia and he has a brother, younger brother. His name was... Uh, Taha. Taha. was a professional boxer. Yeah, professional boxer. And Gziani was a promoter of box, professional boxing. And he has a couple of boxers from Philippines staying with him. You know, he lives in Singapore, in Lucky Heights, you know. I think before he came to Singapore, he was doing some business in Vietnam. Maybe maybe at that time, he made a lot of money. He was doing entertainment, you know. I think so. You know, that's why he can come to Singapore and live at the Lucky Heights. You know, that's where the quite expensive places, you know. They have some boxers with him. He promote boxing, professional boxing. And uh, he... He kept us, he helped us on, on a voluntary basis, you know. And I came to know that he was a former world, num- top 10 world WBA contender in the light, uh, junior lightweight world, you know. So he's somebody, you know, to me, he's really somebody. He knows his business. He's, uh, he don't speak much. He's very soft-spoken. Yeah, he less talking, you know, he just in boxing, in coaching, he just do whatever he knows, you know, for the boxers. But he don't talk much. He doesn't talk much. He's very soft-spoken and it's very, uh, he's really a gentleman. So oh. he, he taught us to tap dancing in our training. During training. 
<laughs> you know, I say because a good boxer will be good in their dancing. You know, dancing step is is one of those uh, thing which you have in boxer. You know, you can whatever you still can dance because you are moving your footwork. All these are dancing steps. You know. It's it's not a, it's not a very it's not a very usual training for a boxer. <laughs> not really, yeah, but it's good. I mean, it's part of because when I teach, I told my students, boxing is dancing. You know, you can do without dancing moves. You can move properly. You can coordinate. You know. When asked about his new mentee chances for Munich, Gizini was cautiously optimistic. Kadir is a born fighter. Um, he never runs. Taught him every trick I know, and now. Um, I only hope the luck will be on his side. There's only seven nations in this category. If the draw favors him, you might see a medal coming home. Gizeni was right to be cautious. Till then, only one Asian boxer has ever won a medal in the Olympics. In Munich, the young Kadir won his first fight against the Italian Gaetano Corsetti. In the next fight, he lost by technical knockout against the Cuban Rafael Carbonell, one step away from what would have been a historical quarterfinal. And it's still a vivid memory in Mr. Kadir's mind. I did very well, and he was very happy with me because I won my first fight against an Italian, Italian boxer. I beat, I won, yeah, I won. Then in the second round, I meet against a Cuba. Was I was leading? I was leading. I was leading all the way until he accident. It's not accident, but it's on purpose to knock me. I got a cut. He was on purpose, but you know, we Singapore not known. Nobody knows boxer from Singapore. Nobody knows. You know, suddenly I beat that Italian. There's big huha there. You know. This guy from where we don't know, Sally can be the Italian, but because of this, I don't know. Maybe it's politics. I got a small cut only. Can be, can be, you know, can continue, you know. But unfortunately, they don't. Yeah, doctor said no. After the young Kadir's performance in Munich, the Singapore Amateur Boxing Association (SABA) was facing another emergency: getting ready for the Southeast Asian Peninsula Games to be hosted in Singapore in 1973, the first major sporting event. To be held in the Young Republic, Rizgi Gizeni, who just lost money in the last four boxing events he promoted, jumped on the opportunity and officially offered his services as a national coach. But he wasn't the only candidate. Terry Spinks, a British Olympic gold medalist, was, according to a report, high on Singapore Boxing Association list, and was even interviewed for the job during the '72 Olympics by Ken Mayer, Sabah's vice president. The boxing association was under pressure to pick a new coach. The games hosted on home ground being less than a year away. The two contenders offered their services at very different conditions. Terry Spinks, gold medalist and recent coach of South Korea during the '72 Olympics, offered his services at $900 a month. Rizgi Gizeni, really wanting the job, offered his services for $500 a month, including his brother Tahar as an assistant coach. The situation became what the press called the Spinks-Gizeni controversy. Terry Spinks bringing a better CV and the preference of the association VP. Gizeni putting on the table his involvement with Saeed in the Olympics, his knowledge of the local boxing, and lower salary expectations. This situation lasted for a few weeks, with the Sabah president suggesting at a certain point to let the national sports board decide for them. He declared to the press. We will offer both names with their salary claims and leave it to the board to choose. Our main aim is to prepare a strong team for the games, and all we hope for is a competent, honest coach. The Straight Times reported that Sabah held a meeting to decide on which candidate to pick. The controversy will come to an end by a plebiscite for Gizeni, chosen unanimously by all the present members, and it was a slightly awkward situation. The unanimous vote for Gizeni was a surprise. Mr. Mayer's proposal for Terry Spinks. Not having a second, 
After the committee had maintained a sullen silence for about a minute, Saba President Robin Simbun Wu gave another minute for the seconding of Mr. Mayer's proposal. The silence remained unbroken. Was it his knowledge of the local scene, his lower offer, or his willingness to start coaching immediately for free before even being confirmed? It's probably a mix of all these reasons that made Gizeni win the vote. Gizeni didn't have much time to appreciate and enjoy this new opportunity offered to him. At the end of the meeting, the Saba vice president made a statement putting already a lot of pressure on the new national coach. The more important job is to whip up a team for the games. I ask you to pay attention to this point because if we find ourselves in a miserable state of affairs at the end of the CAP games, somebody's head is going to roll. And I'll make sure that it won't be mine. Let common sense prevail. Gizeni's nomination generated quite some noise on the press. Not necessarily against the new coach, but questioning the resources and the plan in place to deliver medals in the upcoming games. An anonymous letter published in New Nation in October 72 and sent by someone who appears to be an ex-pro boxer asks a simple question. Who's Gizeni going to coach? Arguing that boxing in Singapore was a dying sport, if not already dead. The letter read, Dear Sir, well done. Congratulations to Saba for having selected a boxing coach who was once a world lightweight contender and whom I believe is capable of training boxers. But the question is, where and who are the boxers to be trained? What is the use of having good advisors and trainers in Singapore when there are very few boxers, not to mention good ones, to be seen? Gizeni was indeed nominated by the Boxing Association, but didn't receive the approval from the National Sports Promotion Board. Despite the delay, Gizeni decided to act fast and gave a stunning answer to people questioning who he would coach. Early November, Gizeni held his first meeting with every possible boxing talent in Singapore and more than a hundred boxers showed up, from whom he would select a national team. He finally led a selection of 13 boxers in the CIAP Games in September 73 and his efforts were rewarded after a full year of preparation with nine medals including a gold and four silvers. Rizki Gizeni finally had his first major success and he could have enjoyed an easy, relaxing ride as a national coach, but his ambitions and his entrepreneurial spirit kicked in again. And he started thinking about promoting boxing events again. Why would he do that more than two years after losing money in four consecutive events? Remember what he said to the press in early 1972. I must say that I'm offering the best this time with eight importations to fight on the same night. If the boxing-minded public still can't appreciate this program, then only Muhammad Ali can convince them into supporting boxing. By mid-1973, the press started reporting that the greatest ever, Muhammad Ali himself, might be coming to Singapore for an exhibition fight. And who will be promoting the fight? You know who. Stay tuned for the next episode.